after a two-night takeover and winning the Wednesday Night War at the finish line, NXT goes to Tuesdays and goes a bit goth. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pal, Spass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and this is your Tuesday review for NXT, April 13th, 2021. How are you guys doing? Did we survive? Did we survive WrestleMania week? This is like the ninth day. Ninth day in a row of wrestling, wasn't it? Because even if you didn't watch AEW, and let's be honest, who can blame you? Raw. Hall of Fame, TakeOver Night 1, TakeOver Night 2, SmackDown, Mania Night 1, Mania Night 2, Raw, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not reviewing that shit, and Tuesday, Tuesday NXT, and this show had to do a bunch of things, didn't it? And uh, we're going to talk about those things It had to serve as both a post-TakeOver show and a sort of rebranding new night, new feel type show, but before we get into all that, what doesn't change is we gotta do the house cleaning first. Um, didn't do any Flix Fix in the past sort of week and a half because I basically gave myself WrestleMania week off. Uh, Kristen and I will hopefully be back sometime this weekend either talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier or talking about Godzilla vs. Kong or potentially, if I'm lucky, maybe, maybe both. But shout out to Kristen, uh, Flix Fix didn't go anywhere, we just you know, I was tired and it was WrestleMania week and I took a couple days off and I slept and watched wrestling and I slept and I watched some more wrestling and I slept and I watched some more wrestling, but I did do some stuff. I didn't do any solo stuff. You guys know you didn't see my pretty sexy face in the gimmick hat. We'll talk about that in a second, but I do want to send a huge, huge shout out to my NXT co-host, Mr. Jake DeMarco, for not only getting on here with me to preview the hell out of TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, but to then come back with me again and preview that entire WrestleMania card. So, uh, a lot of wrestling, Jesus Christ. Big shout out to Jake. Those are really cool. Those are really good. Uh, gonna have him back on again soon. We, uh, some of you know, some of you don't know, he's, he's dealing with, uh, a lot of stuff, especially if you watch the, uh, Joe Cronin show, you know, you know what's up with Jake. We're lucky to have him on here as much as we do. Are we not? Go show him some love at Countdown Ended. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Also, the other thing that dropped last week, and I won't say I worked on it last week because it's been recorded for about a month now, was I dropped the first episode of a new series on this channel called NXT Rewind. And it's not really secretive. There's not much of a code to crack. NXT Rewind, it's a retro NXT series, and I don't know how often I'm going to drop these. It's not going to be often. They're going to be one-offs here and there, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to look back at the old NXT pay-per-view, starting at the beginning, so obviously the very first one was NXT Arrival, the takeover before we knew what takeover was going to be. Uh, got a pretty positive response out of it overall, so thank you to everybody that uh, took the time to check it out. Thank you to everybody that... Uh, gave me some positive feedback on it and whatnot. I wasn't sure whether anybody would... I mean, I wanted to do it for me. Let's be real. What I do on this channel, I do because I enjoy doing it. But I wasn't sure whether anybody would, would care, you know? It's, uh, it's a brand that's only existed for seven years, so I didn't know whether the audience would be there for a retro NXT series. But the response, while small, seems to be very, very positive, and I really, really do appreciate you guys for that. So, if you don't have enough NXT from me, you don't have any enough NXT from me week to week, you don't have any enough NXT when I get Jake on here to talk about further NXT stuff, then, uh, yeah, keep your eyes and ears peeled. I will let you guys know when more NXT Rewind stuff is in the pipeline. Now, I want to throw it out to all you guys, because I really do need some advice on this, because the Canadian WWE Network Library is pretty limited. I do need to know, any of you out there that are way, way, way better at torrenting than I am, please tell me if you know any good places to torrent old wrestling shows, because if I'm going to do more of the NXT Rewind, I'm, I'm working on the second one right now, which is the first actual NXT TakeOver, I need to know where I can go to torrent those shows, because the WWE Network up here in Canada is still not up to snuff. It's better than Peacock from what my American friends are telling me, but not by much. Now, 
that's all. That's the only help I'm going to beg from you guys. I've got my shout-out to Jake out of the way. I've got my shout-out to Kristen out of the way. I should send a brief... Uh, I should sort of bring the tone down for a minute and uh, mention that uh, there were two passings in the wrestling world over the past week or so. One was the father of Shotzi Blackheart, who you guys know I'm a huge fan of, and the other was the passing of the Hardy Boys' dad, which, again... It doesn't matter. It does, actually, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter if I'm a fan of them or not. It's sad, regardless. But um, not that either. Not that any of them are ever going to see this video. But like, let's uh, let's be a good wrestling community. Keep them in our in our hearts and minds, etc. It's a shitty enough time that we're living in right now without people losing family members and loved ones and such and so forth. I'm I'm not a good person for tributes and and crap like that. But it's uh, it happened and it happened over WrestleMania week and that's that's got to be such a roller coaster for those people I mean Jeff Hardy wasn't part of WrestleMania I'm sure he was ha handling his his family business Shotzi Blackheart not only part of Takeover but part of tonight's show that we're going to talk about uh can't really imagine what what that kind of thing is for and I don't know I don't know what I should say right now about something like that other than it's just really really sad and uh as i say you know it's the cliche thoughts and prayers but you know thoughts and prayers are with them and their loved ones and their family etc now let's lighten the mood a little bit let's talk about this week's episode of nxt nxt for april 13th 2021 started out with cross and scarlet now there are some differences to the show that I hadn't, we didn't notice yet because there was basically a cold open which i kind of like it was cross and scarlet coming out basically Cross coming out as our new NXT champion. Uh, I told you, I told you that time always comes full circle. Uh, it's a matter of time before this was my ring and this was my title. Mr. Balor is one of the greatest of all time. Where he goes, titles follow. But he, he went on a tear. But now it's my time. I'm back. I'm here to control everything. And I am in command of NXT. People say that when you're at the top, there's only one place you can go, and that's down. NXT has the most hungry talent in the world, but I promise you, I am starving. You want this, step right up, and I will fold you. He, he uses the term fold a lot, which I have to believe is a reference to Scarlet and the, the tarot cards, because when you're playing cards, you fold, <coughs> etc. I will fold you all, and in the end, everybody pays the toll, and then he fades out. And we start getting into... Uh, some of the other stuff that's coming up in the night, and you start noticing the graphics. I mean, the ring looks the same, commentary looks the same, uh, everything physical in the in the in the studio there looks the same. But you start noticing the graphics, and the graphics are all stylized. And there's a little bit of black and silver in them, and there's this big. I don't know what it is exactly because it's it's black wings and whatnot. I think it's supposed to be somewhat resemble a crow or or something of that. But the new logo for NXT is kind of badass. Talking to uh, our good friend Jake DeMarco, uh, the first comment I made is, is the logo's a little bit extra. And by that, I mean those of us that love NXT and appreciate exactly what NXT is will love it. The people that hate NXT will hate it. And that's that really is what it is. But the um, there's, there's sort of an, an aesthetic that went through the night. It's... Um, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it is. It is. It has a little bit of a gothic feel to it. It has a little bit of a, a dour, gritty feel to it. And the way it's stylized, it makes me think a little bit of how the graphics are in uh, in NXT UK because they're they've got you know that whole coat of arms aesthetic in most of their graphics. And it's just it's interesting and it's different. And I don't know whether that is to go along with Karrion Cross being their new champion. I don't know whether that's uh, just a new image for the show because they're having a brand new start. You know, it's post-WrestleMania season. We're in, into the new season of wrestling or whether it's to symbolize them being on a new night. But I, I do like it. I do like it a lot. And as we go went on throughout the night, there were other stylistic changes as well. A lot of people... Uh, you know, when they come out to the ring and they get their lower third, uh, there's a different stylized graphic for that, but a lot of them have their own style of it. Now, the obvious example in WWE would be when Undertaker comes to the ring for anything, and he's got that, that embossed sort of purple and black um, way that they put his name there. Legato Del Fantasma has their own sort of graphic style. Um, obviously, Karrion Cross and Scarlet have always had their own sort of style, that sort of archway-looking thing. Um... So from a stylistic point of view, it's a different looking show, and I, I, you might ask why I'm harping on that. Um, 
you know, it's just the graphics. Once the matches start, then, uh, once the matches start, then, you know, it's the same wrestlers we like or don't like, and they're still doing the same wrestling that we like or don't like. And that's absolutely true. But you could say the same thing about entrance music. You could say the same thing about ring attire. You could say the same thing about, you know, people's different hairstyles. If they change up their, their promo style, if they change from a high flyer to a thing, you're still watching very talented people do what they do, but the aesthetics, the trimmings, the, the bells and whistles do make a difference. And I'm not sure because there was no entrance tonight, or there was no, what's the word I'm looking for? There was no uh, opening to the show because it was a cold open with Cross and Scarlet. I don't know whether there is a new theme for uh, for NXT, which would be interesting because the last time they changed themes was when they went to that that Slipknot theme, and I'm not I'm not big into Slipknot, but it does fit the show. Um, anyways, yeah, that was my big long rambling way to say the show looks a bit different, and I think it's cool. Anybody who knows me and knows my taste in wrestling will not be surprised that I think it's cool. In fact, I'm gonna have an opening graphic here somewhat that's gonna be the new graphic if I can find a decent version of it by hitting up Google Images really quickly before I edit it and put it up. Here's something for you, because it's on Tuesday. After I'm done filming this, what am I gonna put on in the background as background noise while I'm editing this? Because it used to be AEW, because it's it's good background noise, isn't it? Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, the first uh, first match of the night was a tag team championship match. Your new NXT champions, MSK, taking on Drake and uh, Drake and Dane. Obviously, um, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, who won their number one contendership on the pre-show of night two in slightly underwhelming fashion. I think they took on Breezango, and all four of those guys are really talented. I like all four of those guys involved in that match to a certain degree, but that match was... It was a thrown-together match for a kickoff. Now, I will say, in comparison to WrestleMania, at least they had a kickoff match both nights, and it's fine. I will say the kickoff that they added to... Uh, Tonight one between Zoe Stark and Tony Storm was fantastic, and it goes only further to me being excited about uh, the rocket that they're strapping to Zoe Stark. Because by the end of tonight, by the end of this review, I'm sorry I'm dragging a little bit, I'm still tired, I'm still sort of shaking off WrestleMania weekend a little bit, so you'll have to excuse me, and I'm really excited about the show, so you know what that means, I'm going to hit the notes a little bit, and then I'm going to ramble a whole bunch, so that's the kind of night you're in for. I'm, If you like that, great, if you don't, I'm sorry, maybe fast forward to the bits that you like. By the end of this review tonight, we're going to talk about three brand new additions to an NXT women's division that is already fucking stacked Oh, yes. But let's talk about this tag team championship match. Uh, Carter, uh, sorry. I can't read my writing. Isn't that terrible? Uh, Carter and Dane start. There's a front slam by Dane, a side slam, and Dane tosses Drake at Carter. I love the way that Dane uses Drake as a weapon. It's friggin' wonderful. Knees by Lee, Yurinagi by Dane, toss into the apron, a crossbody on the floor by Dane as we go to commercial break. I will say I find it incredibly funny that even though we do have NXT on Sportsnet, in Canada, and they moved it to Tuesdays at the same time as the States. We didn't have to wait and have some big lagging situation, which is wonderful. When they say on commentary, please enjoy this, you know, picture-in-picture -picture break, you know, I, I love that they're making that a thing because JR decided that it was a thing on AEW. That's fantastic. It's not picture-in-picture -picture for me, so, you know, it, it's more to the point of I can do the old Michael Cole on the main roster as NXT rolls on. Uh, mule kick by Lee as we come back from the commercial break. A series of strikes, sorry, sorry, series of strikes by Carter. I can speak, I swear. Uh, release German by Carter. A push moonsault by MSK. Double team M on M sorry, double team by MSK on Dane. Double kick combo by both of them. Uh, Dane hits a Michinoku driver on Lee into Carter. He just sort of like sandwiches them all together. DDT by Drake. Uh, Jackknife powerbomb by Dane, a springboard cutter by Carter, and there and whatever MSK's powerbomb neckbreaker combination is gets the win, obviously. Now, that that was just a lot of fun. That was two babyface teams, really. Now, it, I didn't really notice it because I was more paying attention to taking notes and whatever. Tell me why all of a sudden MSK are getting booed. I really don't understand. I really, really don't, because they're a fun team, and they're the brand new champions. We were behind them, and now they are the champions, and now they got booed tonight. 
in the Performance Center. But MSK, they take the win, they retain their titles, they're on their way. Drake Maverick is, like, dead on the outside somewhere. And then Alexander Wolf shows up in the ring because he has history with Killian Dane, and him and the rest of Imperium that aren't named Walter kick the shit out of Dane, which is nice, I suppose. Robert Stone is in the back, and he wants another tag team title shot for Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla. He gets confronted by Martinez, who stepped in for Camilla a couple of weeks ago. She wants the rest of her money. She chokes out Aaliyah. Jesse Camilla comes out of nowhere and steps up to Mercedes Martinez. And as we'll find out later in the night, they're going to have a match later on tonight. Now, I think it's kind of funny because Robert Stone is a jobber manager, and that's fine. And my hometown girl, Leah, is kind of a jobber. I mean, she's she's good. She's underutilized. She is talented. But they portray her as a jobber. So you think their third string in Jesse Camilla would be portrayed that way as well. But she stood face-to-face -face with Mercedes fucking Martinez, which is it's never really a bad thing. Roderick Strong and, and Marina Shafir are shown arriving in the NXT parking lot, which is fine. Uh, we get a video pack coming off of the Roderick Strong arrival footage, you know, this person arrived at the arena is sort of a cliche, but it's fine. Kyle O'Reilly and, and Adam Cole highlights from TakeOver. It's... It's, it's all mixed in a bit together. It's, uh, there's a bit of the build towards the match, there's a bit of the match, there's a bit of them getting you know, wheeled out of the arena on stretchers because they've beaten the crap out of themselves so much. But then the dramatic music fades out and you see them in the hallway of the hospital and all you hear is Adam goes, I'm gonna get you, Kyle! I'm gonna... You're a dead man, Kyle! I'm gonna... And it goes from being this sad, dramatic, like, breaking up of this stable, breaking up of these friends, this heart-wrenching thing, to comedy in a hospital. Which is, which is very... I didn't expect it, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we get Mercedes Martinez versus Jessica Mia up next. Robert Stonebrand as a whole do not get an entrance because, as I said, they are jobbers. But a cheap shot from Jesse to start the match. Kicks to the back, a drop kick, a high high corner stomp by Jesse. Basically has Mercedes down in the corner. Gets up high on the things and drops the stomp down, which is nice. Beal by the head, some stomps, a springboard elbow drop by Jesse as well. But a running knee by Martinez and an air raid crash basically is a big fuck you win for Martinez. Martinez chases Robert Stone and Aaliyah around the outside of the ring. Chokes out Robert Stone until she gets the money that she's owed, and then walks over to commentary, screaming at commentary that she wants, she sarcastically congratulates Raquel Gonzalez, who's going to have a busy night, let me just tell you, um, but then says, you know, you're on my radar, I'm coming for you, you know, it, it's not, it's not long now, that type of thing. Now, there we, have, we have a backstage promo with all four members of the way hyping up tonight's eight-person tag against Shotzi, Ember, Bronson Reed, who was robbed at TakeOver, and Dexter Loomis, because they insist on putting Dexter Loomis on my TV. They do a, a few more, like, awkward Indy Hartwell is into Dexter Loomis things, and that's fine. And then we see Isaiah Swerve Scott in his studio hyping up his match with Leon Ruff tonight, talking about his his big impressive showing in the Gauntlet Eliminator that he lost, so I don't really understand. It's fine. Santos Escobar, our undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion, comes out with Legato del Fantasma, talks about how one year ago this was a forgotten title. Absolutely true. Uh, Fantasma was born, and we took the, si the sideshow that was the Cruiserweight division and brought it into the main event, brought it onto pay-per-view, brought it onto TakeOver. He says he's the emperor of Lucha Libre, Lucha Libre, and he stole the show at TakeOver. He's the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Legato are all warriors. We never back down. He issues an open challenge. Now... Bunch of people thought a bunch of things were going to happen. I was kind of hoping for a Devlin rematch, not going to lie. I know that doesn't make me very popular because I don't believe in, in propaganda and hyperbole. It's fine. Um, people were saying Leon Ruff was going to go and, and challenge him, but he had obviously other things on his plate. A couple of people were saying, hey, maybe we can use this to feature some of the people that are sort of wasting away on 205 Live, which I would have had no problem with whatsoever. Let me be clear about that. But he was answered by Kushida. So what we have... Impromptu is a NXT Undisputed Cruiserweight Championship match between Santos Escobar and Kushida. Santos Escobar immediately says, Hey guys, you, you guys can go to the back. I got this. This guy's a loser. Which isn't true, but at the same time, he lost the Gauntlet Eliminator qualifying Battle Royal, and then he went to take over and he lost to my boy Pete Dunne. So, if you want to talk about recency bias, he's 
kind of, in, in the technical sense, a loser in the sense that he has lost matches, and Escobar came out of a, an awesome ladder match with the Cruiserweight Championship. I will say, Escobar, as the heel, you know, brings in his guys, they help him win the match, whatever, but then... At the same time, talking about the pride of Lucha Libre, the history of Lucha Libre, and posing victoriously on the stage, giving one of the belts to his kid, and having a cool little, like, happy family moment, it doesn't scream, it doesn't scream heel, does it? Anyways, dropkick by Kushida to start the match, who takes Escobar outside of the ring, there's an arm drag by Kushida, who goes for the arm and snaps it back. Now, what, I don't know, again, there's a bunch of things that Kushida does... I don't know what they're called. You guys know I talk about the armbar driver all the time because that's the only thing I can think of to call it. When he gets the arm basically in a Kimura position, but he locks it between his feet and then he just sort of twists his hips to snap the arm. What the hell is that called? Does that have a name? I don't really know. So he snaps the arm back is the best thing I can think of to write down as we go to commercial break. And NXT rolls on. After the commercial break, there's a corner clothesline by Escobar, a swing into the steps. Now he takes him out. He takes him out. He, um, what's, what, what are my words? I'm, I'm sorry guys, it's tired in here. Uh, corner close on by Escobar, takes him out of the ring, gets him up in a powerbomb position, but instead of dropping him, swings him sideways into the turnbuckle, or sorry, into the post, and then into the side of the steps. Knocks the steps over, gets him into a lion tamer on the steps, but he turns the lion tamer so that he's also pressing his throat. I don't know why I'm doing hand motions, because you guys can't see that, especially if you're listening to me in audio, which is really great. Um, but he's got him in the lion tamer on the steel steps, but he's also pressing his throat into the into the post. A uh, series of short kicks to the face by Escobar once that gets broken up. A seated abdominal stretch by Escobar and kicks to the chest. Corner chops by Escobar on a top rope run. A surfboard stretch with a knee at... Uh, with a posted knee by Escobar, chops by Kushida, atomic drop, and he kicks him in the arm, palm strikes by Kushida, a second rope suplex, and a suplex from the ground, instant by Escobar, a Pele kick by Kushida, both men trade a lot of kicks, backstabber by Kushida, they go into a wickedly intense pinning reversal sequence, Kushida gets this really determined look on his face, sits down into the pin, and listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth, your brand new NXT Undisputed Cruiserweight Champion is Kushida is Kushida. So, last week, Devlin lost his belt. Tonight, Escobar lost his belt. That belt has been around the world, collectively, if you think about it, from Ireland to Mexico to Japan. International Cruiserweight Champion. It's fine. It's good. I popped for this a whole bunch because I thought it was going to be another Ziggler moment for Kushida because Kushida's had a lot of Ziggler moments. He's a great talent. We know he's a great talent. He's going to enhance the hell out of this brand new crown champion that we have in Escobar. But no, they just decided to recognize that Kushida's awesome and put a belt on him. Light a fire under Escobar, for sure. A lot of people have said to, after, off, off the back of this, pull Escobar out of the cruiserweight division and maybe get him into the North American title picture because he's a bigger he's a bigger talent than that. Now, I do agree with that on one side of the coin. But the other side of that coin is stop referring to the Cruiserweight Championship as something that people need to be pulled out of. If you've got a huge talent with a with a title that you think is small, let that talent pull that championship up rather than just trying to bump him to a different belt. That's just me. I I like I like the potential of the cruiserweight title. I mean, you could get Leon Ruff in there. Eventually, you've got Kushida right now. You could always slide Johnny Gargano back over there just for the banter of it. Um, I think Swerve Scott fits into that equation. I know Jake Atlas. Um, I know there's some other people hiding over on 205. Like get the Bollywood Boys in there just for some some more lighthearted stuff. Um, but there's a lot you could do. Rather than thinking of the Cruiserweight Championship as something you need to graduate from, help graduate that championship into a division that you don't need to run from. And I think Escobar did that. I think Devlin did that, for what it's worth, even though you're not supposed to like Devlin. Uh, Leo Rush did that back in the day. Uh, Angel Garza did that back in the day, except he's wasting away on Raw now, and that's really, really sad. Um, there are people that could do it there. I'm sure there's people that I don't even know on... Uh, on 205 Live, they could do it as well. Now, think about somebody like uh, uh, Cedric Alexander, who, what the fuck are they doing with him on Raw? To, I mean, I'm sorry, I could just write a whole big long list of what the fuck are they doing with X person on Raw, and that would be the whole review. 
But remember the Cruiserweight Classic? Remember the Please Sign Cedric moment in the Cruiserweight Classic where Triple H basically had to come out and say, okay, okay, I hear you. Imagine if Cedric bumped himself over. He's not in the Hurt Business anymore. Imagine if he just bumped himself over back into NXT because he never existed on NXT proper because he was sort of in the CWC and he was on NXT while they were using NXT as an advertising device for the Cruiserweight Classic, and then they sort of immediately slipped him onto Raw slash 205 Live. I don't think he had um, what you would call a proper run in NXT, so I would love to see something like that. And Cedric's good, and he's wasting on Raw, and it's really, really sad. Ciampa and Thatcher backstage basically just pondering over the new NXT landscape, and he says, you know... There's new champions, there's there's a new NXT champion, there's a new t set of tag team champions, and so what do we do first? What do we do now? And they basically end off the promo with MSK, we're coming. Now, that's fine. If these guys are going to go after MSK, that's cool, that'll be a good match, power versus speed and all, all that kind of thing, right? But they sort of left behind the idea that Champa's issues with Walter and Imperium stemmed from them taking out Timothy Thatcher, or at least that was the story. I don't know what happened in real life. We could speculate, but we're not going to. And they've also hinted at a history between Imperium and Thatcher. Now, the immediate thing would be that he joins Imperium, turns on Tommaso Ciampa, and they get one more match out of the two of them, and then Imperium just gets bigger, which we're going to talk about later. But they're running that exact same story with Killian Dane. You've got, I think it's Fabian Eichner that has the history with with uh, Timothy Thatcher, which is fine. So he's reaching out to his old uh, old threads to pull. Uh, Alexander Wolf has the history with Killian Dane, and I don't know whether there I don't know whether there's something else there. Somebody can tell me down in the box below if you if you know because I don't. Are they trying to hint at the history they had in Sanity? which they can't really do because Eric Young is in Impact and Nikki Cross is on the main roster and Sanity isn't a thing anymore. But... I don't know. Uh, there could be a really cool thing where it's just this big international recruitment thing that's happening, but if they just drop the Thatcher thing or if it was just to excuse him not being there for a couple of weeks, that's going to seem like a dropped thread. And then what do we do with the Killian Dane story? Do we assume that they're going to drop that in a couple of weeks, too? It's it's a little bit muddled, but it has a lot of, po of possibility and potential, and unlike most people, because it's not the cool thing to do right now, it's NXT, I'm going to trust the system. Moving on. In the back, we see Devlin and William Regal with Kushida, brand new Cruiserweight Champion or whatever. William Regal's obviously giving him the glad hand and, you know, congratulations and all that type of thing. But Devlin's there, he's like, oh, you beat, uh, you beat the guy that didn't really beat me. I mean, he, he climbed a ladder, he didn't really pin me or submit me. Now, right now, the travel gods are smiling on you because I, I gotta go back home, but hold on to that belt and I'm gonna be coming back for it eventually. Which means, at some point, when the world is back to normal again, when, like it was in the before time in the long, long ago, we're gonna get Kushida versus Jordan Devlin. Which doesn't hurt my feelings at all, unless they treat it like... Walter versus Balor, which we couldn't have because Walter wasn't able to be there, and then he was able to be there, and he just fought Champa instead. We don't want that to happen, but it's, uh, as I said, a lot of potential. you got Devlin, you've got Kushida, you've got, I mean, they've sort of played around with, uh, what are their names? Lindsay Dorado and Grand Madalik. Uh, you got Santos Escobar who's going to want a rematch. You got the other guys in Escobar's crew there that could want a match. Like I guess say you got Leo Rush, who's a tiny guy. He's going to go for the cruiserweight title eventually. It's interesting, and it's the only time that they really, really put a heavy focus on the travel situation because obviously the travel situation led to them needing an interim champion, which led to the unification match we had last week, which was awesome. It's it's a very complex and convoluted story. Now, I'm going to use that as a cheap plug. Um, a couple weeks ago, Jake DeMarco and I started a new uh, a new topical series looking at all the people that NXT could bring in to bolster this already growing Cruiserweight division. There are two more parts of that that are coming. I just don't know when. I have the notes for them. Jake's also got the notes for them. We know what we're going to talk about. 
It's a matter of when are we going to talk about it, what week are we going to fit it into what slot. But there are two more parts to that series coming sooner or later. So if you have suggestions down in the box below, we can leave them as honorable mentions when we do that. Put them down in the box below. Put them in the chat over there. Uh, or go back and watch the watch the first uh the part one of, of that series. Dakota Kai is out in the ring to introduce her friend Raquel Gonzalez. Now I thought I thought that there was going to be a breakup here and we didn't get it because it's not predictable main roster WWE but Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, I would have loved for her to introduce Raquel Gonzalez and then powerbomb her because that would have been great but she doesn't. She brings her out, and Raquel Gonzalez talks about one year ago and the the debut of NXT on the USA Network uh, when she was supposed to debut and she didn't debut because she wasn't ready. So she trained harder, she lifted heavier, she she did, she put in the work and all that sort of thing, so that when my chance came around again, I'd be ready. Uh, she gives all kinds of respect to Dakota Kai for helping her out. Dakota Kai being the person in kayfabe that brought her in to take over Portland for her debut, where she comes in and she jumped. Tegan Knox. Now, here's a totally separate thing that's not connected to this at all. Tegan Knox is another excellent name that's going to come back eventually into this already stacked women's division. Anyways, but she talks about her debut in Portland with Dakota Kai, how Dakota Kai and her have run roughshod over the rest of the division. I mean, neither of them were champions, so it's the thing. They were technically the first ever NXT Women's Tag Champs, even though that lasted about an hour. Uh, she pays respect to Io Shirai, but then follows it up with My Era Has Begun, if anybody wants it. You know, and then the typical champion thing, if anybody wants to step up, you know, go ahead and step up type thing. And then the lights go out, and we get new music that we've never heard before, and we see a silhouette that we've never seen before on NXT, and that silhouette is carrying a dog because it is the debut of Frankie Monet. She comes down, she says, you know, congrats to the champ. I, uh, I'm i just down here to introduce myself. I'm Frankie Monet. The roster is going to be a whole lot classier, a whole lot shinier, a whole lot more loco, and all that sort of thing. I'm never going to say that again because that doesn't sound right coming out of me. She said, this is the best division on the planet. And seriously tell me where the lie is but she says it's the best division on the planet and now that i'm here it just got a little bit better and seeing as you're at the top of my division you're going to be seeing a lot of me and then they banter back and forth for a little bit and she leaves because i think i think i'm not a translator but i'm pretty sure raquel gonzalez said something to the effect of you're lucky i'm in a good mood tonight on any other night i would take that dog and stick it up your cunt somebody with a little bit more of an international flavor tell me down in the box below if i'm right or not but anyways she made her debut she said what she needed to say and got out of the room really quickly because then then we got some nxt of yesterday meets nxt of today greatness when rhea ripley brand new fresh off of wrestlemania Raw Women's Champion, I can speak, I swear, comes down with her title, stares down Raquel Gonzalez. I don't even think Dakota Kai was in the ring at that point anymore. I think she bailed somewhere in the middle. But she holds up her title, and Raquel holds up her title, and they toast the titles. And it's a really, really good history of NXT moment. And then Bianca Belair worms her way into, and isn't that nice that they let her play at the big kids' table? Moving on. But, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, the the stack of new champions. I mean, my opinions on the Bel Air Banks match at WrestleMania are always going to get me in trouble, aren't they? So I'm not doing that. I'll do it later. But look at all the, like, Lashley retained and Roman retained. But Bel Air's a new champion. Yay. Fine. Whatever. Trade one Mean Girls ripoff for another. But Rhea Ripley making her stand on Raw. The women's tag titles on the main roster are a bit shit. Tamina had a nice night because people in Tampa Bay like her, which is awesome. But then on the other side of the coin, you got my girl Shotzi and Ember retaining. You got Raquel Gonzalez at the top of the heap on a... Like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say this and, and get as repetitive as I do, but if you are at the top of the NXT women's roster, look at the pile of women you are standing on. Because also... Also, we get a, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead because I might as well say it right now. We get a video package on Saray 
Uh, we got William Regal bigging up Saray and how how important she is and how what an impact she's going to make. And she's debuting on NXT next week, which is cool. Which means Frankie Monet debuted this week, kind of. Uh, Saray is going to debut next week. I don't know whether that just means she's going to show up or whether she's going to have her first match. You've got, and as I said at the beginning of of this pod, you've got Zoe Stark, who's this brand new, pretty much brand new talent. That they're uh, that they're throwing the, the the rocket behind as well. Not to mention the invention of a tag team division that's better than the main roster's tag team division. You've still got people underneath that you haven't really focused on yet, like Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade. Uh, you've got the like I said, you've got the Dakota Kai's. You've got Tegan Knox who will be back eventually. It's it's really stacked. You got Mercedes Martinez. You got the Rob- the ladies in the Robert Stone brand. You got Jesse Camilla who even in a short squash still looked. Kind of good, if that ma- if that makes sense. You've got Candice Lorraine and Indy Hartwell, who I'm forgetting about because we're going to talk about that later on. But look at the look at the stacked women's division. Imagine being any other company and even thinking of uttering the words, "Hey, we have a women's division too." By comparison, you don't. By comparison, you, unless you are a female promotion, I know there's, I, I I know there's like Shimmer and Stardom, and I think there's like Women of Honor, I think, or something like that. If you're an entirely women's company, I'm, I'm going to, I'm sorry, with all due respect, I'm going to put that in a separate category. If you are a wrestling company as a whole that tries to say you have a women's division and you're going to try and stack yourself up against NXT, you can't do it. Impacts is interesting. Uh, the little bit that I've seen of Impact, Impacts division is interesting. I want to see them in front of a crowd. They don't have a crowd right now. It's not their fault. But you know what? Raw ruins everything. SmackDown gave their title to the the hair whip mean girls clone because of politics. Anyways, I don't want to do that. NXT's women's division is fucking stacked. Their cruiserweight division is gonna be stacked. They're gonna take a look at their tag team division and try to do something. I'm not gonna say that tag team wrestling has ever been their forte. But Things are happening, and I'm excited, and this is why I'm all over the place. This is why I'm ranting and rambling. Pete Dunne backstage um, sort of relishes in his victory over Kushida at uh, at TakeOver and sort of restates his challenge to the roster of anybody that thinks that they're a better technical wrestler than him can basically step up and take it. But he also says, it's time to refocus on why I'm really here, and that's picking up gold. And I'm not going to lie. I'm really not going to lie to you. Pete Dunne versus Karrion Cross is a, a tasty, tasty match. Um, Roderick Strong and Marina Shafir are in William Regal's office as Roderick Strong is handing in his resignation papers, his his two weeks notice, his whatever you want to call it, big anonymous envelope of, of documents. William Regal's all all somber and severe, and he says, you know, it hasn't always been easygoing with, between myself and you and the Undisputed Era, but you're doing this the right way, you're doing this a very respectful way. If, if you ever want to come back to NXT, you're always welcome. I'm pretty sure Roderick Strong's showing up on SmackDown. And if he's taking Mich- Marina Shafir with him, that's, that's not... That's not much of a thing either. Uh, we get another round of Swerve versus Leon Ruff. And if you wanted to tell me, if you wanted to be an NXT naysayer, and there's a lot of them out there, a little bit of like leftover AEW bias dripping into your Tuesday, that's fine. If you want to say that, oh, they've done this match way too many times, I will hear that argument, but this match was still a lot of fun. Uh, wild right hands by Ruff to start the match, to take down some punches, um... Uh, he drops on onto Swerve's arm. There's a code breaker to the arm on the outside. There's a chop knockdown by Swerve and a scoop slam. Uh, drop kick by Ruff. Rolling clotheslines and a knee shot. Uh, second rope leg. Sorry, second rope leg drop by Swerve and a pump kick to the outside. As we go to the commercial break and NXT rolls on. Uh, corner chops by Swerve. Uh, Ruff returns the favor. Rolling clotheslines by Ruff. A swingboard, eh, springboard cutter on the second attempt, not the first. The first one was countered. Um, inside out swanton press thing by Ruff. Missile dropkick. Springboard top rope Hurricane Rana by Ruff was absolutely insane. Now, as much as we play him off as the underdog and he's, he's a bit of a dork and he's got a bit of that annoying sort of nervous energy in his character at the best of times, he had Swerve standing on the top rope. He himself was standing on the top rope, springboarded into the head scissor from the top rope in a, in a move that had no right to look as good as it did. Uh, head and body shots by Ruff and a lariat by Swerve. Second rope, okay. 
I'm going to try and explain what Swerve did here because he was standing on the second turnbuckle. He had Ruff in the powerbomb position, but instead of lifting him up and sort of bringing him down in a second rope powerbomb, as, as, as it sounds, instead he puts him up and over an inverted powerbomb like, uh, like Big Show used to do into the turnbuckle from an already elevated position. And then I think he quickly hit him with something else and got the win. The ever so close, like the, the Leon Ruff, I'm going to be impressive as fuck in the match, especially with that top rope spot that I just talked about, and still fall just a little bit short to Scott, who's going to enjoy me falling short. Story is fucking great. Zoe Stark is in the back talking about TakeOver, talking about beating Tony Storm, and talking about eventually setting her eyes on the NXT Women's Championship. Mercedes cuts in and basically says, well, don't you think uh, you should be in line behind me type thing? And they stare down, they stare off at each other. And it's implied, although I don't think they ever really said it, that we're going to get Zoe Stark versus Mercedes Martinez next week, which is no bad thing. We see a video package uh, from Imperium talking about Walter going and having a, a, a really good, respectful fight with Ciampa at, uh, at TakeOver, but he's still the champion, and we're, Imperium is going to keep moving on. We're going to expand, and we're going to show you why the mat is sacred, and they show, in this video package, they show the beatdown that they had done on Killian Dane earlier tonight. So, I think they just waited just long enough to get the video package out. There was nothing in this, going back to my initial thing from before where I was rambling and now I'm going to ramble some more, there was nothing about Timothy Thatcher in there, so maybe they have just dropped that flat. But if you, you want to treat them as this big, international, almost espionage, um, covert operation to, to save the, the, the... I guess, royalty of, of wrestling, the, the sacred nature of wrestling, um, eventually you're going to have an American representative, because what is it? Um, Walter's from Austria, and Fabian Eichner's from, like, Italy, and somebody's, I think Alexander Wolf's from Germany, and and is, is Killian, or sorry, is Killian Dane from Ireland? Am I wrong? Am I an idiot? Am I going to look like an idiot down in the comment section? If you're going to get representatives from all these different countries and all these different styles and all these different, like, you know, hard-hitting bruisers from all over the world, eventually you're going to have an American in that mix. And I'm saying this as me up here from Canada, but eventually you're going to have an American. If you grab somebody from Canada, it's probably going to be like Lance fucking Storm or something like that. But I really do hope that if they are just on, on this massive sort of recruitment tour for lack of a better term. I do hope they pick them both up. I don't think it's going to happen, though. And in the back, we see Swerve bragging about the match that he just had, about how he just took Ruff to the limit again, and, and Ruff jumps him in the back and then smashes him in the face with a loading case. And it's, it's a different side of Leon Ruff, so it's off to him for that. But he still also is a bit of a cartoon character, isn't he? Now, you want a variety show, right? If you are going to Tuesday nights, if you're going to an audience that up until this point might have been choosing AEW instead of NXT, if you're going to an audience that's just looking for something different to watch on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday, you want a variety show of NXT. You want a variety show, here's everything you can expect from NXT. Here's our men's champion. Here's our women's champion. Here's our exploding women's division. Here are our brand new tag team champions. Here is our here is our cruiserweight champion slash new cruiserweight champion. Here are some of our other uh, colorful characters. Here is our athletic as fuck people. But we can also have a goofy ass good time. And it doesn't have to make much sense. And it can be ridiculous. And it can be a pile of people. It can be a mess. It can be ridiculous. But it can still be fun. So what do you get? You get Johnny Gargano, Austin Theory, yes, you're allowed to be a fan of Austin Theory, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell versus Bronson Reed, I'll even accept Dexter Loomis at this point, and your women's tag team champions, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, in a four-on-four -four intergender tag match. Now, the one thing I will say about this, normally with an intergender tag, you've got either one guy, one girl, on each side, so there's no real tag team psychology. Like, you can't get any double teaming in. You can't get any, oh, we're going to cut the ring off and do this and do that. Because once there's a tag, there's a tag to the other per the other person of the other gender on the other side. There's no, there's no real 
um, psychology. There's no tag team psychology to a mixed tag normally, as you would have seen in the Mixed Max Challenge, for example. But if there's two guys and two girls on each side, you can do a whole lot with that psychology. And, I mean, let's be real, it's wrestling. They say the men face the men and the women face the women, but we all know that the women get to beat up the men as well. It's fine. And, I mean... If I was Johnny Gargano, I'm not going to lie, I would let Shotzi Blackheart beat the shit out of me. It'd be fine. Let's, that, that's another conversation for another time. So, I'm going to go through this, and it's ridiculous, and it's a lot of fun, and I'm going to mess up some stuff, and I'm going to miss some things, because I tried to get as much as I could, and I couldn't get it all. Uh, Loomis and Theory start the match. This is pressed by Loomis, a dropkick by Moon, and a double team by Moon and Shotzi. Shotzi and Ember set their sights on Gargano and beat him up for a little bit, which is always fun. Uppercut by Loomis, who takes Theory off the apron. Weird indie Loomis stuff already. They're sort of making gaga eyes at each other, so Candice LeRae makes sure she gets the tag in .indie because we don't want to turn this into an index. The index thing is, is just cringe enough to work in these particular scenarios. Coming back from the commercial break, there's a side slam, or sorry, a side suplex by Loomis, a running forearms by Reed, corner splash by Reed, a Samoan drop to Theory and Gargano by Reed. All four of the ladies get in for reasons. A spine buster by Indy. Candice, uh, Candice tries to come off the top, bro, into the ring, and literally bounces off Bronson Reed, which is hilarious. Because, if you remember, the ladder match that happened at some point last year, where he basically did a... Um, was a Vader bomb, wasn't he? he? did a Vader bomb off the ladder onto Johnny Gargano with Candice LeRae on his back, didn't he? So it's a nice little callback to that. Suicide dive by Ember Moon on Johnny Gargano, which is always good. Reed throws Shotzi onto everybody, because Shotzi Blackheart doesn't give a single fuck, and that's awesome. Super kick by, Gar by Gargano. Uh, Gargano gets locked in the silence by Loomis, which made me sad, because I think, okay, if Loomis gets the silence on him and he gets the submission victory, then... We're going to get him for the North American Championship, aren't we? And, we? and I really don't want that. But while the silence is on by Loomis onto Gargano, Indy, who's trying to get Loomis's attention, faints. And she's doing the thing. If you guys know the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie, when What's-Her-Face was trying to get the two guys to stop fighting, so she just kept on pretending to faint in the desert, but like they didn't care because they were more interested in fighting each other. She basically does that. Indy faints next to Loomis. Loomis goes to see if she's okay, I guess, because it's like a Beauty and the Beast thing, and gets a running boot by Austin Theory. Loomis sees Indy Hartwell once again laying out on the apron, and she's playing it up super overdramatically, and it's hysterical, because she's laying down, but she's also like looking over to see if, if he's paying attention to her. Loomis carries Indy to the back, and she manages to turn to the camera with a thumbs up and the creepiest smile on her face. Made me smile a whole bunch. Forearm by Reed. Ember Moon hits an eclipse off of Reed's shoulders onto Theory. Shotzi drops Candace onto Theory. Bronson Reed hits a tsunami onto Theory, and the, and the baby faces get the win. And I'm sorry, especially with Dexter Loomis removed from the situation, a victorious team of Ember, Shotzi, and Bronson Reed is a really, really fun way to end this first Tuesday episode of NXT. Because everybody wins here. Gargano got to be goofy. Theory, they're, they're straight up playing him like an idiot, and he's doing it well. Indy Hartwell doing this weird starstruck, like, I'm gonna sort of She's that girl that watches way too many serial killer documentaries on Netflix. Like, she's doing that. And Gargano is still goofy, but still manages to be awesome. Uh, this is the closest we've gotten in a long time to a proper, like, intergender match, like, with the women getting to mix it up with the men, which I'm always a big fan of. If we ever get that actually, uh, I'm going to be down for that as well. But this was a lot, like, this was not... <sighs> this is the kind of thing that I'll get laughed at when I try to say that you know, NXT is really, really kick-ass good wrestling show, because this wasn't, uh, what, what, what do I always make fun of? It wasn't, it wasn't a five stars in the Tokyo Dome classic, brother, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of goofy, retarded bullshit, and it was fun, and it knew exactly what it was, and I'm losing my voice, so excuse me a second. It knew exactly what it was, it featured a whole lot of people that I like, and it was so good that I didn't mind Dexter Loomis being in it. This was great. This capped off the variety show that NXT needed to do while it was showing itself to potentially a brand new audience. 
And that's the best I can ask for. Next week, we're going to hear from Kyle O'Reilly. We might be getting Stark versus Martinez, and we're going to get the debut of Saray and possibly more cruiserweight stuff, possibly more women's division stuff, possibly more just NXT being awesome. I don't really know what else to say. I, I, I will say it is genuinely weird that I'm going to turn off this camera, I'm going to start editing this and not have AEW playing in the background, but that's for tomorrow night. I will be... <coughs> slight programming note. Uh, because this happens on Tuesdays now, I will be releasing it on Wednesday like I used to release it on Thursday. So what's going to happen is this is going to go out the same time, 7 o'clock, so it'll be nice and done and over with. So by the time that people that want to watch AEW are watching AEW, you will have that. So nothing's really changing. It's just shifting up a night on the channel. Everything else, uh, like collab stuff that I do with Jake and Guapo and them, are still going to show up on... Fridays, lost my train of thought there again because I'm tired. Um, stuff that I do with Kristen is probably not going to drop on Tuesdays anymore because I'm going to be watching NXT. It'll probably go back to dropping before Monday Night Raw on Mondays. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sort of play that one by ear, and obviously if you guys have any suggestions or, or requests time-wise, I'd really be interested. Nobody's ever really said anything about when I schedule my stuff. I just schedule it as to when it makes sense to me. But if you guys have any legitimate suggestions on what you guys think would be good times for stuff, always feel free to put it down in the comment section below or put it in the chat over there if you're watching the premiere live. I didn't say it at the beginning, so I'll say it at the end. If you're watching me right now on video, in Pretty Sexy Face and the Gimmick Hat, you want to find me in an audio platform, you want to go to any of your favorite podcasting platforms and search Spaz Phoenix Podcast. If you are listening to me on one of those podcasting platforms right now and you don't see the Pretty Sexy Face, you don't see the Gimmick Hat, you want to find me next, go to Twitter, at Spaz Phoenix and at Spaz Phoenix 1. Hit me up on Instagram, at Spaz Phoenix, and throw something down in the comment section below if you are watching this on YouTube because they still yell at me that I don't get any interaction and that's really not fun. You guys are awesome. I want to talk to you more. I really do appreciate the positive response that I got over the WrestleMania week. I really do appreciate the positive response I got to the NXT Rewind series because more of that will be coming eventually. I have no voice left and I'm super tired and if you've made it this long, God bless you. Anyways, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.